Volume 22, First Sicha of Mishpatim, Second Article, Title, Ashrek is this donkey. Very often in the Rebbe's Sicha on Arashi, the Rebbe would reveal to us its deeper esoteric teaching. And so it is with the Rebbe's talk concerning the Rashi upon the verse, if you see your enemy's donkey lying under its burden and you refrain from helping him, you shall surely help along with him. In which Rashi comments, and you refrain from helping him. This is the interrogative. It's a question. You refrain from helping him? Then Rashi goes on, Midrashically our rabbis interpret it as follows. If you see, you may refrain. Sometimes you may refrain and sometimes you must help. How so? Case one, an elder who finds it beneath his dignity to unload a donkey, you may refrain. Or, case two, if the animal belongs to a Gentile and the burden belongs to an Israelite, you may refrain. Now, see the article, Help Even Thy Enemy. Over here, the Rebbe reveals the wonders of Rashi. The Baal Shem Tov teaches upon this verse in its Hebrew order of wording, if you see the donkey, chamor, donkey, your enemy. What that means mystically is, if you take a good look at your material, your corporal, your physical body, the word chamor is similar to chomer, which means material. You will see that it is your enemy in its desire being only self-centered, being lazy, etc. Now, you see that your body, which is your enemy, is lying under its burden, meaning mystically buckling under the load of Torah and mitzvot. And you refrain from helping it, mystically meaning you will want to refrain from helping him, but rather to break it through fasting and mortification. Baal Shem Tov says, you shall not. Rather, the verse says, concludes, you shall surely help along with him. This is the Baal Shem Tov's mystical teaching on this verse. Comes along Rashi and tells us of the two cases in which you may refrain from helping him and are allowed to fast. Number one, an elderly who finds it beneath his dignity to unload a donkey. And case number two, the animal belongs to a Gentile and the burden belongs to an Israelite. Which these two cases match with the two cases that Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, the Alter Rebbe, lists as permissible to fast in his Code of Jewish Law. And there he lists it is permissible a fast of teshuva and a fast to polish the soul. Now, parenthetically speaking, so too it is in the Alter Rebbe's Tanya, part 3, Egeris HaTshuva, where in the end of chapter 1, he speaks of the fast of Teshuva. Quote, there are descriptions in the Musa literature of numerous fasts and mortifications for exercising and, cap- and capital capital sins. The same is true of sins punished by death by divine agency. These fasts and mortifications are intended to avoid the punishment of suffering at the hand of heaven and also to urge on and expedite the conclusion of his soul's atonement. Also, perhaps he does not return to God with all his heart and soul out of love, but only out of fear. So here you see he's talking about the fast of Teshuvah. In the beginning of chapter 2, he speaks of fasts of polishing the soul. 
I quote, Nonetheless, that he may be acceptable before God, as beloved of him as before the sin, that is, the Creator may derive delight from his service. Today we have no offerings to call forth but God's pleasure. Fasting replaces the offering. The Talmud says, May my loss of fat and blood be regarded as though I have offered before you a sacrifice. End quote. So you see that the Rashi's two cases align with the two times in Code of Jewish Law that you're allowed to fast, which align with the two times in the Tanya where he speaks about fasting. Now let's see how these two cases of Rashi align with the two types of fast. The animal belongs to a Gentile and the burden belongs to an Israelite. What does that mean mystically? This refers to fast of teshuva. For when one sins, his body, chamor, the animal, disconnects from holiness and momentarily crosses over into the domain of the husks, impurity. Hence, quote, the animal belongs to a Gentile. Nevertheless, being that the Talmud states, quote, even the sinners of Israel are filled with good deeds as a pomegranate is full of seeds. Hence, even for the one whose animal belongs to a Gentile, he sinned. Nevertheless, and the burden, the good deeds, belong to an Israelite. Now let's go to the second case of Rashi. An elder who finds it beneath his dignity to unload a donkey. This refers to fasts of polishing the soul. For we are speaking of an elder, and the Talmud says, I quote, and an elder means nothing other than a wise man, meaning one who is submerged in Torah study and does not sin. To whom to unload a donkey to deal with his physical body and its refinement, he finds it beneath his dignity. He is completely submerged in spiritual Torah study. Hence, his fasting is one of polishing the soul in completing the refinement of his body, which is the service that is lacking by him. Now, why does Rashi omit the case brought by the Mechilta, where he talks about if he was a Kohen and it, the animal, were in the cemetery? He does not become unclean for it, for it is similar to the case of the animal belongs to a Gentile and the burden belongs to an Israelite on a mystical level. Why? Because his body is in, cemetery, is in the cemetery, meaning through sins it was brought to a place of death and impurity, while his soul is a Kohen's daughter, which, quoting from Tanya, always believes in the one God and remains faithful to him even while the sin is being committed. So both cases on a mystical level is referring to the same types of fasting, of teshuva. And nevertheless, Rashi specifically chooses the case of the animal belongs to a Gentile and the burden belongs to an Israel Israelite over the case of if he were a Kohen and it were in the cemetery because in holiness there is no true case of even a Jew's body were in the cemetery being that the Jewish body is as the Mishnah tells us in Sanhedrin quote the work of my hands for my name to be glorified and this is the mystical meaning between the two interpretations of Rashi. And you refrain from helping him. This is the interrogative. It's a question. You refrain from helping him? For in the simple meaning of the verse, the and you refrain from helping him arouses an interrogative, a question. 
For a person who walks straight in the ways of God, for him it is forbidden, it is out of the question, interrogative, to fast, refrain from helping him. But rather, upon him, it is only to refine and to crystallize the body. You shall surely help along with him, as put a teaching of the Baal Shem Tov. While the second case, Rashi, where he quotes the Medrash, our rabbis interpreted it with the two cases in which you may refrain, here we are speaking of those who have sinned and therefore fall under the category of you may refrain with fast and mortifications. Nevertheless, even the latter group, the Altarebbe established in Igeret HaTshuva chapter 3 that, I quote, But whoever would be affected by many fasts and might suffer illness or pain, God forbid, as in contemporary generations, it is forbidden to engage in many fasts. And therefore, he concludes, you, your sin redeemed with charity. In other words, by God making our generation too physically weak to fast, what is actually happening is God is granting us to reach complete teshuva, not through pain and suffering, but through joy and with a gladdened heart.